You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hello again, everybody. I want to welcome you to the True University Podcast. My name is Steve Eden, and uh, very excited to have you along with me today. We've been talking about the true nature of God as it's been revealed through Jesus Christ. I think one of my favorites right now is Colossians chapter 2, verse 9, which says that uh, in Christ himself dwells the fullness of of God in bodily form. I mean, you can't get more descriptive than that, that when you see Jesus, and this is what he said in John 14, 9, that you've seen the Father. In John 12, 45, he said, he who sees me sees the one who sent me. And so uh, we've been talking about the true nature of God as revealed through Jesus Christ and how it affects and changes so many things. And where I left off last time was with this question. As we begin to grow in our knowing and the revelation of who God is through Jesus Christ, our relationship with him begins to grow. And, and so the question was, when our relationship with the Lord is growing, what is actually growing? Well, the first thing I had mentioned was that you're knowing of him, your John 17, 3, knowing of him is growing. John 17, 3, Jesus said, this is eternal life, that they know you, the one and only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. The Greek word there for know is gnosko, which means an experiential, firsthand, revelation, knowledge, intimacy, connection, uh, oneness, whatever you want to call it. It's about closeness and firsthand experience relationally with Father God and with Jesus Christ. That's John chapter 17, verse 3. So it's more than just knowledge. When somebody's relationship with the Lord is growing, and I think as um, you know, as you look at churches here in the West, certainly, and in Oklahoma, most all of us would say, yeah, we, we're, we're centering on, we're focused on eternal life and that people are growing, coming into relationship with Christ and then growing in their knowing of him. So this is more than just knowledge. There's a difference between having book knowledge of a guy named George Washington versus knowing and meeting and walking with every day George Washington. So that's what we're talking about, growing in your knowing. The second thing is that your awareness of your connection and union with him is growing. So the definition of awareness is to be conscious of or mindful of a reality or something's existence. So picture, if you will, that Every day, your awareness that Christ is with you and in you begins to grow. See, there's too many Christ followers who understand that the Lord lives within them, but then they don't engage with or participate with him throughout the course of their day. Maybe they get too distracted or worried about life or simply were never taught. Maybe that's you today as you're listening that you're someone that understands, yeah, you know, Jesus, he does live in me. I've seen it in Galatians 2.20, Christ lives in me. Colossians chapter 1, verse 27, the mystery of the gospel is Christ in me, the hope of glory. But maybe you're like some of these other people I'm describing that you get busy, you get distracted, and you kind of forget that, hey, I'm supposed to be conscious of, mindful of the reality, the truth, that Jesus is with me. He's in me, both to will and to do what he wants to do today. Uh, I believe that awareness, as we're growing in our awareness that he is with us, is what's meant when scripture exhorts us to walk in the truth to walk in the consciousness of what is really the real reality. 
God wants us to walk in and live aware of what is true. He doesn't ask us to determine what is true, but he does ask us to live in the reality of what is true. And, and with that, I would say the reality of who he is, who you are in Christ, and then your eternal connection to him. Listen to 3 John chapter 1, verse 4. It says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in truth. I, I'm just marrying that to living in awareness, that my awareness, the time spent that I'm aware every day that Christ is with me and in me, is growing. Maybe yesterday it was only 30 minutes out of the whole day was I actually aware that Jesus is with me. But as you grow, you develop in him, you spend time with him. Maybe you're up to three hours now. Uh, three hours out of the day, I was living in a, a real awareness that Christ is with me and in me. Boy, this will bring absolute transformation to your heart and life, your spouse will be saying, man, what has happened to you? And you can say, hey, it's not a what, it's a who. Christ is in me. I'm spending more and more time each day allowing him to manifest himself in me because I'm just aware that he's with me and in me. I'm walking in truth. The Greek word for truth is aletheia, which means actual reality. It means true to fact or divine truth as revealed to man. So how amazing the freedom we begin to experience every day by living in and walking in real uh, connection with God's spirit. Uh, I mentioned earlier, the Lord doesn't ask you to determine what's true. So here's your part of it. The Lord has never asked you to earn your connection with him, but he does ask you to live in the reality of it. He, he's exhorting you through scripture and the Holy Spirit to, to live in the reality of, to be conscious of the connection you have with him. Oh, wow. Thank you, Father. I just thank you for eyes to see what, uh, what you're conveying here today. He's never asked you to earn your connection with him, but he does ask you to live in the reality of it, to be aware of it, to be conscious and mindful that you have a connection with Christ each and every day. The Lord's never asked you to determine truth of who you are. Uh, he's never asked you to uh, make his life be inside you. You consent to that, but he does the lifing, but he does ask you to walk in the truth. So what I'm saying is there's no need to be religious and try to cause yourself to be one with Christ. That's actually unbelief. He's already provided oneness for you. There is, there is need, though, for you to participate with the oneness that he's gifted you with himself. And so what I'm getting at is in when we're growing, when our relationship with Christ is growing, then our awareness, the amount of time we're aware that he's with us and in us is growing. Jesus Christ, once he comes inside you to live by his spirit, uh, he'll never leave you nor forsake you. And unlike Adam and Eve, the spirit-born seed within you is incorruptible, it's imperishable. That's in 1 Peter 1, verse 23. Your spirit-to-spirit -spirit connection with the Lord cannot be broken, but... There are countless believers, people who follow Christ, call themselves Christians, who rarely live in the awareness and reality that Christ is with them as a constant companion. And I would call that one of the great modern day tragedies of Christendom is how many Christ followers, churchgoers, Christians, people who identify themselves as Christians do not live in the reality or the awareness that Christ is with them as a constant companion. And Jesus wants to express and exude his life through each and every one of us. He is the light. Uh, we're simply 
carriers of the light, reflectors of the light. We don't produce the light any more than we produce the fruit. You know, he's the vine, he's the source. We are the branches. We're the recipients who, through our receptivity, put him on display. As you grow in your relationship with Christ, the amount of time you spend each day living in the truth that he's with you and in you begins to grow. And I also, here's another term for it, abiding. According to John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, John chapter 15, verse 4 and 5, the term abiding is used there, and Jesus is inviting us to live each day with him. Live with him. And another definition of abide is to remain with him throughout the course of your day. Most importantly, do nothing without him. Everything that you do, he's included in. That's what abiding is. Listen to John 8, 31. Jesus said to those Jews who believed on him, if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. In John 15, four and five, Jesus said, abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit unless it abides in the vine, neither can you bear fruit unless you abide in me. Again, it means live in, remain in, stay in. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit, for without me, you can do nothing. So without question, once you're born again, your spirit man abides in Christ. You're connected to Christ. There's a union, spirit to spirit, with Christ. You're in him and he's in you. Uh, But it is important, though, in order to bear fruit after his kind, we make the choice each day to live in the awareness of our eternal connection to Jesus Christ. I'm going to say it again. He doesn't ask you to earn the connection, but he does exhort you to live in the reality of it, to abide in it, to dwell in it, remain in it, live in it. Live in the truth, guys. Live in the reality of who you are in Christ and who Christ is in you. You didn't cause the union. You didn't cause the connection, but you did consent to it. And now you've got to understand this. It's absolutely your choice to live in the reality of your union with Christ's spirit. I'm going to say it again. This is the modern tragedy of uh, the Western church is how many people have some, I mean, there there's a vast number of people who don't even really grasp that Christ's life and his spirit is on the inside of them. But for those that do, then they're not spending time growing in the amount of time they're living in awareness that he's with them and in them. <clears throat> Excuse me. Faith is not you doing religious things to create a connection with Jesus. Faith is your participation with what he's already provided you. So can you imagine how different the body of Christ would be if we quit trying to get God to love us and actually started participating with all the love he's already provided? In the same way, imagine how different your life could be on a daily basis if you you quit trying to earn a connection with the Lord and rest in, he's provided this connection for me, now I'm going to live aware of it. That, this is faith, guys. Faith isn't you doing religious things to cause something. Faith is your participation with truth, with the real reality that Jesus Christ has already established. Begin to purpose in your mind to spend more and more each day aware of Jesus' loving companionship. That's my, my challenge to you today uh, because that's what it really is to walk in the truth, the real, true-to-fact reality. Something else that grows, and I did mention this just briefly uh, the last time we were together, is your knowledge of the Holy Spirit and the realm of the Spirit is growing. 
John 16, 13, Jesus said, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he'll guide you into all truth. The Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. You know, growing up, I have a good friend, Bruce Bartow, who said uh, when he grew up in church that it wasn't Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It was Father, Son, and Holy Bible. <laughs> but he had to learn through Scripture and through his walk with Jesus that his dependence upon, as he got to know the Lord, and he was growing in his knowing, not just knowledge, but his knowing relationship with the Lord, his dependence upon his understanding of the Holy Spirit began to grow. And the Holy Spirit has so many roles that he plays in the life of the believer. And I did mention many of those last time. You can go back and listen to that if you want. But uh, we want to we want to grow in our knowing of the Spirit and then the realm of the Spirit. And what I mean by that, at least the importance of it is, because of the realm of the Spirit, we are no longer subject to whatever's going on around us in the natural realm. Jesus said in John 16, 33, in the natural world you'll have trial and tribulation tribulation, distress, and frustration. That's the amplified. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the world for you. I've overcome the natural world. I've overcome natural things for you. So in other words, he's saying, if the world didn't give you joy, the world can't take it away. If I'm your source for joy, if my spirit, this river of living water that lives on the inside of you is supplying you joy, you no longer have to look to the world and the stock market and the things going on around you in the natural what Bill or Joe or Sally says about you, you don't have to look to those things to have joy. I am your joy. Hallelujah. And so uh, what, a, what an exhortation out of John 16, 33, when he says, I've already overcome the natural world for you. I think, guys, as Christians, our lives need to reflect that, reflect the reality that Christ has already overcome the natural world. We can't be living and dying with everything that's going on, every circumstance that's going on around us in the natural. Uh, something else I mentioned that's growing, your faith and trust is growing. Anytime you have a relationship, uh, it's, it's going to, if it's healthy, it's gonna begin growing in the area of faith and trust. Ephesians 3.12 says, because of Christ and our faith in him, we can now come boldly into God's presence. We can come confidently into God's presence. Why? Because as we grow in our relationship with the Lord, my faith in him is growing. And faith is a relational pillar. Fear is a relational killer. So Jesus comes to drive out all fear with perfect love so that we can approach God boldly and confidently. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 says, Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Our faith, our trust in the Lord is growing that he's not going to kill us. He's for us. How did we get that revelation? That's what we're talking about. Jesus came revealing the true nature of God himself, that he's approachable, he's trustable, he's lovable. So thank God he came and revealed the true nature of the Father. I'm talking about Jesus Christ. And that his, his heart is to save us, not destroy us, to love us, not to harm us, to bring us near to himself. And then after accomplishing that, to be with us always, even until the end of the age. Now, this gives us the stability we need to know him, to trust him, and to live abundant lives in today's culture that's rife with opportunities to be in fear. As we grow in Christ, we find ourselves moving away from fear and more and more into faith. 
Let's go to the next one. Your love for him is growing. 1 John 4, 19 says that we love God because he first loved us. So when your relationship with the Lord is growing, your love for him is growing. I love this statement. God won't make you love him, but you don't have the power to make him not love you. I'm going to say it again. God won't make you love him, but you don't have the power to make him not love you. As you begin to have firsthand experiential knowing of God's love, the benefits are immeasurable. Not only will you start overcoming fear and worry, you'll begin growing in loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. You need to be aware that one of the chief priorities of your enemy is to rob you of the joy of loving God. It is in your DNA to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength because 1 John 5, 3 says, this is the love of God uh, and it's, that is, uh, he gives you commands and his commands are not burdensome. Well, one, one of the major commands, the, the focal point Jesus said is loving God and loving your neighbor. Well, that's in your wiring. That's not a burdensome thing, but uh, you can only learn to love him as you understand he first loved you. And that's why Jesus comes revealing the love of God. He didn't come to preach the message. God loved everybody. Jesus was the message sent by God himself in God himself. Uh, God in him to to be the message that God loves everybody. God's love for you has been proven. God's love for you should never be on trial ever again. The question has already been answered about how much God loves you. He proved his love for you in that while you were still a sinner, he died for you. Now, our love for him, on the other hand, does need to be developing, does need to be growing and maturing as we grow in our understanding of how much he loves us first. Satan will always tempt us to look to our circumstances and feelings to discern God's love. Well, it sounds like this. You know, if God loves you, why did you lose your job? If God loves you, why is he letting you suffer? If God loves you, why are you or your loved ones sick? The enemy tempts us to try to discern God's love in the light of present trials or pain versus the absolute proof of the past, the cross. Romans 5, 8, New Living Translation says, God demonstrated his love for us in this way. While we were still yet sinners, Christ died for us. So the word demonstrate there simply means he proved it once and for all. And you'll begin to totally love God with God's kind of love once you by faith believe, receive, and act upon his proven love for you. And that's a challenge for many of you listening. Maybe one of the reasons why you listen to this podcast on a weekly basis is you tend to judge yourself unworthy of God's love. But as I said before, you cannot make, you don't have the power to make God not love you. God is love. He would cease being God. He would cease being who he is if he wasn't loving you. So you need to take solace in that. 1 John 4.16, we've known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Verse 18 says there's no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves torment or punishment. But whoever fears torment or punishment has not been perfected in love has not matured in how much knowing how much God loves them. Guys, I'm going to stop right there and we can pick it up next week. Um, coming back again, talking about when our relationship with the Lord is growing, what is it that's growing? But I want to pray for you in regard to the knowing and understanding, knowing and believing 
comprehending the height, the depth, the width, and the breadth of the love of Christ. Because as you begin to receive, believe, and know by faith and by gnosko, a personal knowing, experiential knowing, the love of God, then your love for God will grow. So Father, I thank you this morning for a posture of receiving. Lord, for all those listening that were able just to receive and comprehend, sit in, if you will, pause for a moment, be still, and know how much you love us. That with a grateful heart, we respond. Thank you, Lord, for loving us now. May we love you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength. And may we love our neighbor uh, in the same way you love us. So I thank you, Lord. Bless each one. Strengthen each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.